1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to New Books and Biography. I'm Mark Klobis, your host for this channel. Today, we'll be talking with Charles Strozier about his new book, Your Friend Forever, A. Lincoln, The Enduring Friendship of Abraham Lincoln and Joshua Speed. Charles, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Mark. It's good to be on the show.
1: It's good to have you on the show. Charles, I wonder if you could start us off by telling us something about yourself.
0: Well, I am... A professor of history at City University of New York and also a uh, practicing uh, psychoanalyst and I've been uh, so I'm a historian and a shrink and both of those have uh, been doing for well I've been a historian for about 45 years uh, and I've been practicing for the last uh, uh, that is actually seeing patients for the last 30 years I've always been in with psychohistory um, and I was one of the early people in it, uh, going back to the 1960s. Uh, for many years, I actually didn't see uh, patients. I used to say I had a, a large and thriving practice, but uh, all my patients were dead. <laughs> <laughs> but now I now I actually do, and uh, and find it uh, quite wonderful. My first university job was in uh, Springfield, Illinois. And I was all of 28 years of age in 1972, and I and I sort of stumbled into my work on Lincoln. I I had been really in something. My PhD was in something totally different, but what else can one do in Springfield, Illinois, except study Lincoln? So that was my first book uh, that came out in 1982, and now 35 years later, I've published my second book. So I like to say every 40 years or so, I do another book on Lincoln. <laughs>
1: So what led you to decide to write this book now? Basically, what, what about the topic led uh, you to decide that this would be your 40-year odyssey book?
0: 40-year odyssey. Well, I have been thinking about the issues in this book literally since the mid-'70s. And I had a, uh, in my first book, which was really a, a psychological study of pre-presidential Lincoln. was Lincoln up to eighteen sixty about his marriage, about his childhood, all the kinds of issues that are relevant for understanding uh, young Lincoln. Uh, in that book dealt with his relationship with his best friend, Joshua. That caused an enormous debate, controversy that extended over the next few decades. And I've been following the literature, needless to say, and continuing to read about Lincoln, even though I was writing books about other topics. I uh, noted there was sort of two streams of books and articles and that they were they, they were disagreeing with each other but they all were basically disagreeing with me about the meaning of this friendship basically one one what it stirred initially in the 1980s was that the friendship must have been sexualized and that it was a homosexual relationship and that was the, that was the beginning of sort of gay lincoln and and, and became a very important theme that continues and that stirred um which i don't agree with and that the, those books then stirred among more traditional Lincoln scholars a whole series of books disagreeing, and I didn't agree with their arguments. So, having, watched, having felt for many, many for the last few decades that they're all wrong, I thought, you know, it's really time to revisit this and treat it, uh, treat the subject in the depth that it deserves. Um, and so that that's what motivated me to uh, uh, basically to write this book.
1: I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about uh, who Joshua Speed was and why he plays a role in this controversy. I would like to, as you do in your book, go over the friendship in greater detail. But it might help if we learn a bit first as to who Joshua Speed was and how much of a role he played over the course of Abraham Lincoln's life.
0: Right. A very important figure. He's not – most people don't really know about him, and he's been even in even in the Lincoln literature, even in the uh, biographies, he everybody mentions his name, but he's very much of a of a minor player, I think. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Joshua Speed was uh, uh, five years younger than uh, Lincoln, so he was born in eighteen fourteen, um, and he was born on a plantation in. Uh, uh, Kentucky. Uh, his father, Father John, owned and ran a, a, a major plantation, had uh, uh, dozens of uh, slaves. Uh, the number fluctuated over time, but he uh, was really was one of the largest slave owners in um, Kentucky, uh, just outside Louisville, seven miles outside Louisville. Although now it's been pretty much absorbed by the by Louisville, and uh, they raised hemp, which made the rope you wrapped. Around the bales of hay, uh, bales of cotton. So that that with the expansion of cotton became a really critical became a really critical crop, and John became really very rich had, uh, had uh, numerous children, twelve overall, and um, built this imposing house. and, and uh, Joshua did not love with, very close to his mother Lucy, who was a gentle, kind, wonderful woman, but did not get along with his father. Interestingly, uh, Farmington, which was the name of the plantation in Louisville, was, was about 70 miles from where uh, Lincoln was born in Kentucky, in a very, very uh, <laughs> downsized log cabin, shall we say. Uh, so it's sort of interesting, you know, within five years, these two figures, one Joshua Speed to, uh, to the manor born at Farmington, and, and Lincoln uh, really not that far away to in his log cabin.
1: Yeah, I think so, – I think you put it in the book is that seventy miles away and worlds apart, and worlds apart exactly, exactly.
0: And and speed uh, uh, first was sent off was educated locally and and uh, kind of what we would say homeschooled, but then he was he sent off to a boarding school for a while, um, didn't like it. Came home, got sick. Came home, father told him to go back. He went back, but, but when he was sixteen, he he just decided he wanted to get. I think really it, although I don't have the letter to prove this, uh, he, he wanted to get away from his father, um, and he went to uh, Louisville and uh, worked in a store, um, which is what young men like that did. And you lived in the store; you lived in above the, the room above the, the store, and he worked there till for a number of years, for about four or five years. It's not actually; it's not clear exactly when he came to Springfield, but he decided to. A lot of people from Kentucky, a lot of young, ambitious people from Kentucky, went to Springfield. It was sort of, you know, Illinois. There was new opportunity. It was relatively close. There was there was sort of an emigration. Uh, he wasn't alone, uh, and he had a uncle uh, named Bell who had actually gone to Springfield. And that probably was why he specifically chose Springfield rather than another town, um, and arrived in 1834. Um, and as a twenty-year-old, uh, Bell probably his father helped set him up in, with a dry goods store, and he uh, built a store on the west side of the square. Um, and from the get-go, was a successful businessman, and uh, uh, he proved in his lifetime he ended died actually as a great rich man. But he proved to be successful. It was a, it was difficult because you. You know, you had to sold all kinds of diverse products, and you had to buy stuff on credit, and then people sometimes didn't pay. And anyway, he quickly became—he uh, was a very affable, uh, outgoing, friendly, uh, appealing young man. He quickly made f- friends with the growing uh, group of professionals in town. Um, became particularly close to William Butler, uh, who was to play a important part in his life and Lincoln's life, um, and. Then, within a few years, maybe we'll talk about his relationship with Lincoln, became very close to Lincoln. And he then left uh, Springfield in 1841. So his father died the year before. And the family wanted him to come back. He didn't want to go back until his father died, go back to Farmington. But his family, large family, they, they, they wanted, he was sort of the de facto leader of the family and they they really urged him to come back and he did and he went back and he got married in 1842 and and for a while worked, he sort of helped the family run the plantation. He ran another uh, farm, they used to call them euphemistically, uh, in the 1840s, had slaves and then decided he really didn't want to uh, work his farm anymore, quotation mark, and moved to Louisville and became in the eighteen 18- 50s, became a very successful businessman, owned a hotel, was president of a bank, worked on a railroad, and was really one of its leading citizens. He was always involved in the periphery of politics. He didn't. He ran once in the state legislature, but he he, he, he sort of moved on. Everybody knew him. Everybody liked him. He was, a, he was a power broker without actually holding office. He was never a senator and never a governor or anything like that, and in the beginning of the war... Um, he 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 continued to write Lincoln after he left Springfield. Although they were not nearly as close as they were in Springfield, uh, but the very beginning of the war, although he did not vote for Lincoln, which is
1: <laughs> in
0: eighteen sixty, uh, <clears throat> he wrote him saying he he wasn't going to do that. He he played a very important role actually in in uh, 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 running basically running guns and and trying for the pro Union. Uh, uh, Supporters in Kentucky, and and keeping the state politically until the sort of late summer, keeping the state politically in the in the Union. Uh, after that, it was not so critical. But he, you know, Lincoln said he hoped to have God on his side, but he had to have Kentucky. Um, <clears throat> and Speed was an important figure. After that, he he made a number of trips to the White House. He, was, he, would, he would sit around. And, Converse with uh, with Lincoln and talk about the old days, and you know, somebody was a male old old friend whom Lincoln could trust. And it it can be lonely to be president, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And and presidents generally turn to a a, a very small number of people whom they can talk honestly and openly about the things that are bothering them. Um, So he's played that role during the war, which is an important role. And then after the war. He was particularly eager to share with Herndon, as, as the, the, the former law partner, who was gathering what really was the first oral history in American history, uh, massive oral history. And and speed was very important in in writing letters, t- telling Herndon everything he knew about Lincoln, uh, sitting for interviews, and uh, that body of material was was really big, extremely important. And he then. In the the seventies, eighteen seventies, he also wrote a uh, kind of a short memoir, which was very important in terms of his relationship with Lincoln. Um, and he died in uh, eighteen eighty two. Died a very rich man and widely respected and beloved.
1: You described the course of his life just now, and you. Uh, in doing so, you talk about this intersection with Lincoln. I was wondering if we could go back a bit to how they first met and where Lincoln was at that point in his life, because one of the things you do in your book when you talk about this is how, on one level, you have Joshua Speed, this very successful businessman, and then you have Abe Lincoln, Abe Lincoln, who's at a very different point in his life, uh, career-wise. And yet you also you describe how their personal relationship as it develops develops in a with a very different dynamic
0: yes uh, Lincoln had arrived April fifteenth eighteen thirty seven uh, had uh, arrived in in Springfield in uh, not in good shape he was he had he came from New Salem he had was on the road everybody who knew him. Liked and admired him, um, and he had, had 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 just become finally certified as a lawyer, which was actually quite a long drawn out process, taking three or four years to 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 finally you know, sort of read the law and 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 then get finally certified. And and he had been the leader of the of the Whigs in the state legislatures, You know that, that every other year you, you run that, 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 that met at the time. Um, and he had been instrumental in organizing the move from Vandalia, a sort of swampy uh, 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 town in southern Illinois, moving the uh, uh, state capital to uh, Springfield, which coincided with him sort of finally getting certified as a lawyer, and, and you know it was time for him to step up. So he he arrived on April fifteenth, eighteen thirty-seven, sort of well known and admired, but he was. He he still carried what he called his national debt uh, from when the uh, store that he bought with someone named William Barry in New Salem that had gone belly up. Uh, Barry drank himself to death uh, to death and and he had Lincoln had to absorb the debt um, and from uh, he he everything he seemed to try except law in New Salem, kept failing, you know, he was, uh, he he tried surveying, he wasn't a good and he was, he he ran the post office for a little while, and and seemed to sit around and read all the papers, rather than (laughs) do his job very well, so he was moving forward in his life, but not very rapidly, and he had, the, the one person, the one thing that, that, uh, uh, stirred a lot of hope for him. Was he uh, fell in love with him and was engaged with Ann Rutledge? It, people used to think that that was a, 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 the myth of his relationship with Rutledge, but recent scholarship has shown that, that it, in fact it was. She was a lovely young woman. Um, she had been engaged to somebody who left town and didn't come back, so they didn't they didn't talk marriage for until she felt she was free. Um, but, uh, you know, he was, he was definitely gonna, gonna, go into marry her. And then suddenly in August of 1835, she died, the, the, uh, uh, within like a, a week. And he was devastated, devastated and suicidal. Um, and he told a friend that he was afraid to carry a pocket knife. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that, so he was, he was not emotionally stable. Um, and that was just one can't know how he responded to the death of his mother who died when he was nine. But I think it's reasonable to assume that, that there's his, his very definite, um, uh, clinical depression after the death of Anne Rutledge, lots of evidence, people, people set up basically a kind of a suicide watch. Now you're not going to lock a door in New Salem in you know, 25 cabins strung out along a dirt road. um, but they watched him, and everybody who talked to Herndon later told him how he had been distraught and wild and 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 really very disturbed after her death and and That kind of exaggerated response probably evoked the despair uh that he felt after the sudden death of his really very beloved mother when he was when he was nine well,
1: what What so, the things you get into at this point in the book as you talk about how they viewed? Depression back then. How the the word that uh, they used that you mentioned is is hypochondria, I believe, and, and how Lincoln reduced that to hypo and would refer to it almost as if it was a companion of his rather than uh, this debilitating uh, you know condition that he was uh, coping with.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, companion. Yes, I mean he re- almost affectionately talked about his hypo in in letters. I, I, I think it was because. He it was so. It was a companion because it was so much a part of his 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 experience at that moment, at that point in his life, that that he uh, he did refer to it often because it was so central to what what he was dealing with. So, but, but he arrived. You know, he arrived as a, a troubled young man, um, twenty eight, and uh, he didn't he didn't have any money. He had a lot of debt. He had this great potential that everybody recognized. Um, but, and, and I think he felt it. Um, he, he felt his own potential greatness. Um, but he certainly hadn't done done much to uh, uh, realize it. And he was going to begin practice with uh, uh, John Todd Stewart. <clears throat> and uh, well, he did begin practice, but he was going to live in the back of the store, uh, back of the law offices. Um, and so on this you know, sunny April day, he stumbled into Speed's store to buy the material uh, for a bed that he was going to then have a carpenter make. Uh, now, I think he he must have you know Speed had been there had been in town already three years, um, and reported later how he had heard uh, Lincoln give uh, a couple of speeches, was very impressed with him uh, and it greatly admired him. Whether they had met, they he, they almost certainly. N- Lincoln almost certainly knew who Speed was. Uh, they were not friends, but they were—they weren't—they were—they were. They weren't, they were, they were they, it was too small a town for people, and, and New Salem was too close to Springfield for them not to have had, had some. And they were both involved in weak politics, uh, for them not to have some sort of overlapping acquaintance. But basically, they didn't. You know, they didn't. They certainly weren't friends, but they were acquaintances. So Lincoln walked into the store. And, walked around and and asked if he could buy the materials for a bed, and and, uh, uh, Speed said, well, it would be $17. And uh, Lincoln said, in a a sad, melancholy tone that uh, uh, Speed said later was the the most melancholy, and he had the most melancholy look that he'd ever seen on anyone, um, he said, well, you know, I just don't have $17. Uh, Do you think you could give me the material on credit and and I'll uh, try to pay you by Christmas. This is April, by Christmas. Uh, and if I should succeed at this law business, then I'll be able to pay, and if not, I don't know what I'll do. And uh, Speed said, look, wh- I, have, I live upstairs. I have a large double bed. Why don't you come, why don't you stay with me? Lincoln, without a word, picked up his two saddlebags, which had his, his, uh, entire life's possessions at that point, uh, walked upstairs, deposited them uh, uh, in the, in the uh, room, and came downstairs and said, well, Speed, I
1: moved. <laughs> <laughs> so they are now roommates, and as you describe, that they're roommates before they really become friends, that, that for a while they live together, and the friendship develops only just a little bit later on.
0: Yes, um, and and you know it is it is very important to understand that two men sleeping in the same bed uh, was part of social custom. And Lincoln, of course, had grown up with a lot of well, not, with, with with after his father remarried after his mother died, there were a lot of children in the cabin. Everybody just tumbled into bed. You put the boys in one one bed and the girls in another bed um, uh, so that was very common when, when Lincoln came to New Salem it was very common to uh, uh, stay to, to, with the various people he lived he slept in, in, in beds as everyone did, inns at the time uh, simply put you're depending on the number of people traveling and the size of the of the inn. You would just have two rooms and maybe just have a bed in each, and people would pile in together. Separate the sexes, but people would pile in bed together. Uh, one historian has counted that uh, Lincoln uh, slept with, uh, in, in various circumstances, slept with 14 people before he met Speed. So, it, and, and and that was not unusual for him, and nor was it unusual in, as I say, for the for the for the time and the culture. Um so the fact that they tumbled into the bed together was was very was, was not surprising. Um, social custom and individual experience are not always congruent. And the fact that it was not uncommon for two men to be sleeping together doesn't mean that it was a, that it was insignificant that Lincoln Spent the next nearly the next four years sleeping with a a man sleeping with Joshua Speed, who turned out to be not only his best friend but his only really intimate friend in his in his life. Lincoln had a way of making people, particularly other men, but also women. Older women, older maternal women, were very fond of him and protected him and stuff. But but he was he was a, he was a man's man, and uh, people had a way of thinking that they were very close to him, but he never really opened up to anybody. And as you said with Speed, it would it seems from the texture of their relationship, from everything one can gather. Uh, and, of course, they didn't write letters to, to each other because they were living together and sleeping in the same bed. So <laughs> it didn't leave the, the, the relationship, d- uh, didn't leave uh, contemporary pieces of evidence. Um, but it seems uh, after about a year, year and a half, this, f- the, the, the real uh, closeness and intimacy and texture of the friendship uh, uh, changed. And they became absolutely devoted to each other inseparable um really a kind of a really a kind of a merger and um and and an openness and a sharing between the two of them that that really neither did neither opened up that way with anybody else in their life and particularly particularly
1: and you mentioned that they developed this relationship and they had this great closeness during a time of Lincoln's life when he is undergoing a degree of difficulty in his political career. And I was wondering if you could speak to that difficulty and how speed uh, – the, the role that speed served during that period.
0: Well, his political career, yeah. I mean he, he was a rising star. And and you know he arrived in town as the as the the, the key figure in the legislature who had, that had made uh, Springfield the capital. Stewart, his law partner, was older and a little bit older and, and more established and better known. Uh, Stewart was was uh, uh, elected to Congress before Lincoln, but Lincoln was the, he was he was the rising star, and everybody recognized that. And he was brilliant. Once he started practicing law he was brilliant as a lawyer and uh, and he was particularly good with with juries and you know common people and he he never spoke down to people and he was funny he was you know he had an incredible sense of humor Abraham Lincoln he had an incredible sense of humor he was wonderful. People would listen to him for hours and they would gather around when he was like riding, writing uh, the circuit in the law practice. They would gather around just to listen to it. Uh, all the lawyers on the circuit would 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 gather in the evening uh, just to hear him tell tell stories. Uh, he, he, he was uh, quite remarkable in that
1: way. I, I love the uh, story that you relate in the book to when Martin Van Buren comes and visits in I think it was 1841. The former president of the United States, and he happens to be in Springfield and all these leading people come together and Van Buren tells some stories. Other people tell some stories and they have to finish the night when Abraham Lincoln's telling stories because Martin Van Buren is in so much pain from laughing.
0: From left, absolutely, no. That's a, it's a that's an interesting story. And of course, and Buren's a Democrat, uh, so the that that and basically the Democrats went out to Rochester, just outside Springfield, went out to visit with him, and they wanted to you know they wanted to make them get into the line of vision of the former president, uh, but they knew that that Lincoln would be such a Good companion that they brought him along. They brought along this this uh, local wig. Uh, and then he absolutely stole the show. And 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 Van Buren had to had to send him off because he, he was laughing so hard in the evening. He had to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so and and of course, I, I mean, I think one can say I talk about this actually at greater depth in my my first book about about Lincoln, that he was at a point in his life where he aspired to greatness and felt that he had the potential to be great without really doing anything to realize that. so that he wasn't he, 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 his dream as, as and I think it's a, it's a reasonable guess. Uh, I think his dream was to be a great senator like Henry Clay. That was his idol, Henry Clay and uh, uh, you know but he wasn't he was too young he was, it, it wasn't like he was unrecognized, he was just on the make. And, and uh, you know, his very famous speech in 1838, the young man like see speech. Sort of, if you read it psychologically, it's clear that, he's, he's, that he he sees himself as somebody who will be great, um, even though he's, 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 he's a rising star, but he's not yet great. So I, I wouldn't say his career was trouble.
1: Uh, I was referring to that chapter where you talk about the winter of discontent, and I was talking about that career issue he had, but I was getting ahead because we hadn't quite gotten to the broken engagement with Mary Todd so i juxtaposed the two and i apologize for that
0: well the contrast is between his success as a emerging figure politically and his very troubled emotional state and i think that's the that's the tension that's what's so interesting and significant about this period from 1837 to eighteen thirty-seven to 42 is is people really because he was so closed and sh- and not shut down but cut off from revealing his real feelings to people. Others didn't understand how much he was in, in despair um, and and very unhappy and and an often depressed. And struggling to get his his footing.
1: But at the same time, he isn't trying to establish these emotional relationships. He has this uh, courtship of Mary Todd. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit and uh, how, you know, what what happens there in terms of his uh, personal life.
0: Uh, So he's living with speed by around, by sometime around uh, uh, 1839, he and speak become extremely close and he's drawn to um, uh, he, he, he's he, he's he's drawn to women wants to find somebody and one day stumbles uh, 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 meets in the winter of 1839 to 40 uh, met Mary Todd she she had come to live with her sister uh, 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 Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Edwards and they they w- they were you uh, you know, she was, as, as Elizabeth uh, Mary was, lively, engaging, outgoing, very smart, very political, knew French fluently, uh, could quote long passages of poetry, could dance. She had been extremely well-educated in, in, in Lexington, Kentucky, so, and, and she was really a lively young woman. She couldn't stand her stepmother. And and, and and nor could her older sister Elizabeth and uh, so they Elizabeth left when she got gotten married <clears throat> uh, to Ninian Edwards and, they, and came to Springfield and then when when a room became available in the house basically uh, Elizabeth invited uh, uh, Mary her sister Mary Todd to come come stay with her it, it would seem that the the and and. Uh, I should add that speed was a more. Uh, he could dance. He could. Uh, he was more social. He could banter. He could. You know. He he was, he was. more at ease in social situations. Lincoln was never at ease in that kind of social situation. He was awkward. He was tall and sort of gawky. Um, he you know in the company of men he could be. He he could. Uh, 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 retain everybody's attention and be the center of attention, but in the in the coterie, which is what they called the fam- the, the the home and the dances, and they played violins. And they were very, you know, on on what they called Aristocracy Hill, uh, just to the uh, southwest of town, um, and uh, they had the big parties and 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 and, and you know, to, the speed was very much at home in the coterie. But uh, uh, he, and he obviously started taking his friend, uh, friend Lincoln. It would seem, as best one can tell, that almost immediately when Lincoln saw Mary, he was enchanted. He was enchanted. Um, they, they, on the face of it, they couldn't be more different. You know, short, five foot three or four woman uh, versus this tall, six foot four man. Uh, different backgrounds, uh, but they they shared a lot of values, and they shared interest in poetry, and and, and Lincoln was enchanted with her. And uh, Elizabeth said later that that he would sit and uh, uh, almost uh, 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 lost in 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 thought and enchanted with with gazing upon her with uh, uh, with an enchanted look. So it's. You know, they they started uh, uh, basically dating, and you could go over to the coterie on a regular basis, and at some point, you know, maybe in the spring of 1840, maybe in the summer of 1840, at some point, they were clearly talking about marriage, um, and this is a, it's, it's not clear exactly when, there's some disagreement about this, but I, I don't think there's any reason to, in fact, I know there's no reason to doubt that they were talking about marriage, because when... The when they split, when Lincoln ended the engagement, everybody talked about the broken engagement. They talked at the time. So, you, you know, you, you have to be engaged in order to break the engagement. <laughs> <laughs> so th- they didn't exchange rings. And, and this is an interesting detail, sort of why, why they didn't make it sort of more formal. And uh, I think one can't say for sure why they didn't make it more formal. Maybe Lincoln was cautious. Maybe maybe Mary sort of wanted to wanted to uh, uh, delay for her own reasons. That 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 we can't. That, but it's not like they delayed for years. I mean, mm-hmm. by the by the summer of eighteen forty, they were they were engaged and, and in love, um, and planned the the wedding was planned for the uh, 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 for the first of January 1840, uh, 41. Um <clears throat> and. That sometime that fall, probably mid December, mid to late December, Lincoln suddenly, without any good explanation, broke it off, broke the engagement, um, and there have been, you know, all kinds of uh, explanations um, why. The two main explanations were: well, the old theory was that he was sort of afraid of the haughty Todd's. And that they were, you know, he realized he didn't feel that he could ever match them socially. That's not a good explanation, you know. Lincoln said that one uh, uh, D was good enough for God, but the Todds required two. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think that he was he, Lincoln was not intimidated by anybody. Certainly not by the lordly lordly Todds. The the theory, of course, that um, Started after my first book came out was that the relationship with Speed was sexualized, that they were homosexual lovers, and the reason he broke off the engagement is because he couldn't face the idea of, uh, uh, you know, at the moment of just before marriage, he couldn't uh, uh, face the idea of being with, being with a woman. Um, the, the explanation that opposes that that developed again after my book came out in the last couple of decades, is to place the emphasis <clears throat> on Matilda Edwards, who was a, a cousin of uh, Ninian Edwards, who came to <clears throat> beautiful, eighteen-year-old, beautiful, uh, blonde, really lovely, apparently very beautiful young woman, came to live at the at the Todd, at, at the Edwards home uh, in um, in November, and that uh, she apparently received some 20 offers of marriage including from uh, Stephen Douglas and he uh, uh, she spurned Stephen Douglas who also lived in the same town you have to remember I mean it's amazing this this period uh, given the later history um, but she said she didn't feel that uh, she thought Stephen Douglas had bad morals uh, <laughs> which was absolutely true right? so um, uh and, and and you know the theory is that he he fell in love with uh, uh, Elizabeth uh, 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 the, the Edwards, and, uh, and and therefore broke the engagement because he figured he didn't love Mary. That also she she died in, in in a few years, about a decade later. So Herndon was never able to interview her, but she told Elizabeth Edwards that later she she could and, and of course she lived in the house for a with mary todd and elizabeth lived in the house for a full year later before she got married to somebody else edward strong and she um uh elizabeth specifically asked her why what did she feel about lincoln and did lincoln was lincoln you know in love with her and interested in her And and Elizabeth, who was a good witness, reported later to Clinton that she she said that Lincoln never stooped to pay me a compliment. Now, I I think that's pretty strong evidence. That's pretty strong evidence. What happened is that once Lincoln broke the engagement with Mary Todd... Then he went into a very deep depression, clinical, again, suicidal depression in January of 1841 in the wake of it. Felt terrible, felt guilty. He was, he felt awful about hurting Mary's feelings. Um, and, and the explanation that the rumor mill generated was that he had, uh, uh fallen out of love with Mary and, uh, 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 and, 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 and that's why he broke off the, the engagement that ignores and I just want to emphasize how serious the depression was he moved to the butler home and they, they took away his razors and his uh, uh, anything that was a sharp instrument he was in bed, he was hallucinating you know in clinical depression really serious suicidal clinical depression people often hallucinate Uh, It's most extreme case and uh, for about a week there's people use that word in fact his friend uh, Doc Henry uh, Anson G. Henry used that Um, They they uh, speed himself talked about how crazy was crazy as a loon Butler's talked about it. I mean, you know, that's really abundant effort uh, Evidence that this was a very very serious uh, depression and what I think nobody's noticed, and this is the heart of my book, uh, the heart of the argument in my book, is that Speed, in the late summer of 1840, right around the time that Lincoln has fallen in love with Mary and getting engaged, Speed decided to go back to Kentucky. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, his father had died a year before, and the family had been imploring him to return. and. He started putting ads in the paper in late August and then throughout the fall, calling in his debts. This is how you ran a a dry goods store. You had people owed you a lot of money. And it was just inevitable because it was, you know, pre-early stages of capitalism and not much currency. And the currencies were all crazy. You you had to, and, and, and that's why a lot of people went under and why Speed was such a good businessman, because he was able to navigate all that and keep his, not get too heavily indebted, but inevitably he had a lot of debts. So he, he put in ads calling in his debts. you got to pay, because pay, I'm leaving. Um, I'm leaving town. And they, uh, uh, so he's calling in his debts, and, uh, and selling the store. And he sold the store to his uh, 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 Charles Hurst, who was one of his clerks, who was also along with Herndon, living in the dorm above the store, Um, so which is an important detail. In other words, Lincoln and Speed were not alone in that room. They were in the same double bed, but there were two other beds. Uh, Herndon lived there for a couple of years, and then Charles Hurst lived lived there, and Charles Hurst negotiated the sale of the store, um, and the the notice of the sale of the store was in the local paper on January 1, 1841. The day. So, what it marked was the the he broke the engagement with Mary in the wake of the separation from Speed and the loss of Speed and the and the the the, the terrible psychological uh, distress that that uh, threw him into.
1: So, it was incredibly emotionally tumultuous of a time for him. He was in this relationship with Mary that. Seem to be trending, uh, moving in the direction of marriage, and then he cuts it off. His closest friend is prepares to move away, and he really seems to be in this period of of of, of uh, great turmoil. Yes, all at the same time.
0: All at the same time, but they're
1: sequenced. In other words,
0: he's he's having worked. Uh, uh, having gotten close to speed having opened up with speed having found someone he could finally trust to whom he was with all the time even sometimes uh out on the circuit and and he didn't ride the circuit as for as long as uh, he did uh, somewhat later so it was like maybe 12 14 weeks of the year uh, at that point in his life uh when he'd go out you know the, the, the whole circuit of Judges and lawyers would all ride in, in this big circuit area in central Illinois. Uh, and sometimes Speed would just take off and go just to be with him and uh, watch him in court and um, um, be with him. And then they'd come back. Now, you know, it's impossible to say how often he went, but there's some documented cases where Speed was out on the, on the circuit with him.
1: Um, <clears throat> so it wasn't just Lincoln who was missing Speed. Speed was also missing Lincoln, and that's something that becomes apparent, as you explain, uh, in 1841 as this move takes place.
0: Absolutely. No, they, they were they were inseparable. They were, the, they were, you know, very, very close male friends, and, and, and particularly, and, and opened up to each other in, in a way that, that neither one ever seemed to open up to anybody else and so the loss of, you know, the imminent loss of speed, my argument, is the imminent loss of speed, threw uh, Lincoln into a kind of panic. And in that state of panic, he uh, he couldn't deal with being married. So it's not, you know, beautiful young Matilda. It's, it's, that's sort of neither here nor there. He loved Mary, um, but he couldn't deal with being married to her. At that point and so he broke the engagement without a good explanation including without a good explanation to himself and that's what is so interesting and complicated about this whole story about this narrative because he didn't understand it and if he had understood it he would have been able to explain it to her better could have made sense of it um, but he just had to had to uh, 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 abandon because he felt abandoned by speed he had to abandon Mary. He couldn't stay with Mary. And then he became suicidal.
1: And you mentioned that uh, C, uh, Speed postponed uh, his departure to help Lincoln. He eventually goes. And then Lincoln goes and basically uh, undertakes an extended stay with Speed and his family uh, on their plantation.
0: Which that's in the, in the late summer of, uh, of, of that same year of 1841. Uh, <clears throat> they're back together. Uh, they go for long walks Speed uh, uh, Lincoln gets, gets to know the Speed family particularly Lucy whom he adored she sort of mothered him as I mentioned older maternal women often were very close to and fond of Lincoln um, she gave him a bible that he treasured and um, and in that experience Speed suddenly fell in love with Fanny Henney <laughs> And said later to uh, Herndon, that while he had regarded Lincoln's depression as a lot of nonsense earlier, he suddenly experienced some of the same doubts and confusions that Lincoln had earlier experienced. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what sort of speaks later account of this to, uh, 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 to Herndon. So, with Lincoln at his side, he suddenly falls in love with Fanny Henning and and plans to get married to her. But then Lincoln had to go. He you know, had to go back to Springfield to get back to work. Um, and Speed came back to town with him. He didn't. He didn't want to leave. Uh, he didn't want to lose uh, Lincoln at that point. And, and I would dare say, Lincoln didn't want to lose Speed again. Uh, so they come back to Springfield and they spend uh, they spend uh, that fall together. Uh, and are, back, you know, back again as close friends, um, but then Speed had to leave uh, to go get married on February 15th, uh, 1842. So he leaves on January 1st, 1842, leaves Springfield to go back to Louisville to marry Fanny Hanny. Um <clears throat> and that's the occasion for a series of letters in January and February, eighteen forty-two, that Lincoln writes to Speed. We don't have uh, we don't have Speed's letters. Lincoln didn't keep them, obviously, but, but Speed kept Lincoln's letters, so we have the, the, the half the course, only half the correspondence. But those letters are the most important, most revealing, most open, and and uh, letters that Lincoln ever wrote. Well. They're, they're absolutely incredible. And and what Lincoln does is vicariously what he identifies with with speed, he sort of puts himself there into his life and 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 talks a lot about how, you know, our friendship is everlasting and I know what you're feeling. And 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 he completely uh, uh, projects his own experience into what
1: speed is feeling. Um, You you mentioned at this point, Lincoln seems to be over his depression and now he's helping Joshua Speed through his.
0: Yes. And, and and not only helping him through his depression, but helping him through the same doubts about marriage that had so immobilized Lincoln a year earlier. <clears throat> and and uh, uh, tells him he doesn't need to be depressed, he doesn't need to worry about Fanny being sick, he doesn't need to worry about Fanny dying. I mean, all things that you have to infer what, what Speed had written to him, but... But basically, he's he's making the relationship his own, you know, kind of vicariously working through his issues um, with uh, in those letters. And the turning point comes when Speed does get married on February 15th and the next day literally tumbled out of bed in order to write Lincoln and basically say, that again, we have to infer this, but basically say that, you know, he was able to consummate the marriage and the sky didn't fall in. And that letter Lincoln gets on February 24th, receives, it could, you know, takes 10 days or so for letters to travel at that period, gets a letter on February 24th, and then writes speed uh, uh, February 25th. And that's the, the the turning point in the emotional life of Abraham Lincoln, because he begins by saying, I, you know, I received your letter, earlier letter, but I was down at the Williams place, but I didn't respond. I was waiting for the promised one of the 15th, uh, <clears throat> um, of the 16th, I'm sorry. And, and he says, I am, I am glad that everything worked out. I am still shaking 10 hours later. This is a 33-year-old man,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Abraham Lincoln. Who after he receives the letter from Speed about how things worked out okay with his marriage, not, really it's not his marriage, it's a consummation of the marriage. Lincoln is whole, his hand he is still shaking ten hours later. And it's an amazing letter. And he then he then goes on to um, describe what what he assumes must have been the case and that, you know, our fears are all the worst sort of nonsense, etc. He is tremendously relieved, tremendously relieved. And then he writes. With that letter, he writes a separate letter, because, of course, Lincoln at that point knows Fanny. He had met her. He was with Speed back in Kentucky when 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 Speed fell in love with Fanny. And, and he thought Fanny was wonderful beautiful black-eyed Fanny Henning um, and uh, so Lincoln in his February 25th letter of 1842 writes a separate letter to speed which is light-hearted and friendly and that's the and he says you you, you Fanny will be will, will be confused why you don't hear from me so I write another letter which you can show to her so <laughs> the real letter, the secret letter, is the one that, that is really that talks about what he's really feeling. And then the second letter, <laughs> uh, uh, written so that, that which is the fake letter, uh, to be written so that uh, you know so that Fanny can read it. Uh, in other words, it keeps the secret uh, of their it keeps their secret their relationships uh, their relationship with each other and their their devotion to each other uh, uh, secret and apart from
1: Fanny. It was a fascinating uh, comparison for me to what you wrote earlier in the book when you described his uh, interaction with people, his uh, storytelling, his joke telling, and how oftentimes that was uh, a, a brave front that he put on. It was a way of of disarming people, putting them at ease, and it made it, it helped to make all these friendships. But you describe how he does that while he's dealing with the hypo. And in a sense, it's like these two letters are the same thing. You have the letter that is the brave front that Joshua speed can show everyone. And then there's that part of him that is in that letter that only Joshua speed is supposed to be reading that, that one part of him he's willing to really share, open himself up.
0: Right. No, I think that's a good point. And, and, and you, 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 it happens that in the collected works, the Lincoln's collected works, the, the two letters are side by side so that the the real letters on the left left page left the uh, page on the left and the and the fake letter uh, is on the on the right so it makes it even more dramatic when you see <laughs> them and that that you see Lincoln vicariously worked through his incredibly uh, 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 deep confusions about intimacy by vicariously, of identifying with speed in his relationship with Fanny, he helped him. He helped him reach out to her. He helped him marry. He helped her get married. And then, when he does get married and it worked out okay, uh, and the consummation was uh, the sky didn't fall in. It is it, that is the turning point in the emotional life of Abraham Lincoln. And he, at that point, w- within a matter of a month or so, he resumed his um, a, a, a courtship of Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary, Mary Todd, and very—I mean, she had uh, uh, never stopped loving him, and uh, rather graciously, I think, waited for him to wrestle his demons to the ground. Um, she had other suitors, but she clearly, in her letters, she clearly was not interested in anyone else who was who was trying to court her. Uh, from Edward Webb to even Stephen Douglas to you know, a lot of, you know the coterie was, was this big party and everybody would came and they played violins and danced and she was a very a very appealing young woman, but she was interested in Abraham Lincoln and she waited. You know They had no contact after the broken engagement in, in the end of 1840. Uh, no engagement until the, the spring and early summer of, of uh, 1842. Um, and they began to, when they began to meet, they met secretly. And I think that for good reason, because there had been so, it had been such a scandal in Springfield when he broke off the engagement, and uh, you know they wanted to be sure that that this was going to work out. They didn't want to have any prying eyes and gossipy Springfield. I lived in Springfield for 14 years, so I know about gossipy Springfield. <laughs> um, and and they and she played a very important. You know, he almost had his duel. In, in the summer in August with uh, uh, James Shield, and she played a role in that and wrote some satirical piece political paper. They were clearly meeting and and falling in love again and and and, and, and then they got they got married on uh, 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 November 4th and and uh, of that year um, and about a, a, a week or so later, uh, Lincoln wrote. In a, in a business letter to a, a colleague um, at the end of the letter, he sort of added as, a, as a, like a PS, he said, nothing new here except my marrying, which is a matter of profound wonder.
1: <laughs> and yet this is also the point at which he and Joshua's speed for understandable reasons start to drift a little fr- uh, drift apart. I mean, they're not, they're still friends, but they no longer have that same uh, intimacy. They're not, obviously living in the same city or even the same state, and their uh, connection becomes a bit more distant.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think that the way to understand that psychologically is that Speed was played this crucial role in uh, helping Lincoln uh, work through his deep confusions and struggles over intimacy and connection and love and he he was able to play that role through uh, uh, for Lincoln by go by his, through his own marriage, uh, and Lincoln's vicariously identifying with with Speed. And once he resolved that, he was no longer uh, 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 central to the emotional life of Lincoln. So that in 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 gaining he. he 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 gained. He found himself. He found his footing. Found worked through his core uh, uh, conflicts and confusions through his uh, uh, friendship with with uh, Speed. But then Speed, it wasn't like he was abandoned. But he no longer needed Speed in the same kind of way. So he gained Mary, and in the process of gaining Mary, he lost Speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did. And they, they of course Speed was also gone, physically gone. Was living in Louisville. Lincoln continued to handle some of his legal affairs, uh, and they even had a spat. Uh, The the, the, the speed felt that he was moving too slowly on some cases, and they they had some disagreement. and 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 Lincoln wrote a letter. I said he said it's it's sad. It's a I can't remember adjective, but it was it was upsetting to him to see a friendship such as ours die by by slowly by degrees. So you know, kind of put into words what in fact what's happening. Uh, and they remain friends and, and, and the war, as I mentioned at the beginning of this one, I'm talking about the life of, of Joshua Speed, sort of the, the war brought them back together and, um, and, and, and those visits of Speed in the, in the White House proved to be uh, uh, very important, I think, for both men um, in, in uh, solidifying in this moment of you know, terrible uh, political and military crisis for the country rekindled the uh, some of the closeness and intimacy that they had felt many years before hmm.
1: Well we've taken up a lot of your time but before we go could you tell us what you're working on now?
0: Well actually I, um, uh, I, I I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm not hundred percent committed to this book but I, I want to do a book of the total correspondence between Lincoln and Speed. Um, and have uh, really contextualized the the letters, um, particularly the important ones and the really crucial ones in, in in January and February. But there's there are a lot of other. They continue to write. There's a very famous letter about slavery that uh, Lincoln wrote speed in 1855. Um, and I think the I think the 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 uh, I think a book like that would would be a, appealing a sort of a. a, a uh, would locate the, the, the really get into the texture of their of, of, of what they wrote each other and their letters and, and and do it over the course of their of their of their life sort of focusing on the earlier period but but uh, uh, bring bring this correspondence between these two men that i think uh would 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 continue to bring speed out of the shadows where he should be you should you should come out of the shadows for historians but 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 also sort of think more uh, people to think more generally about this friendship which i think is a is one of the great american male friendships it's one of the great stories and it's just been it's been either miss totally misunderstood or kind of lost and uh and and so i think i want to that's what I want to do next.
1: So, are you talking about a uh, edition of their letters with annotations, or are you talking about a book that analyzes their correspondence and refers to passages? The second. Okay, So
0: there be a lot of context. they wouldn't. I mean, the letters are annotated now. I mean, they've been published, but to to fill in the story so that you really. You focus on the letters and you analyze the letters and you talk about what the background is to the letters, but you provide the context so that you can read the letters in that larger context.
1: It sounds like a fascinating project.
0: I'm going to take less than 40 years to do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're, you're rapidly uh, reducing the timeline there. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Charles, very much for taking some time out of your schedule to speak with us today about your uh, book about the friendship of Abraham Lincoln and Joshua Speed. I hope you have a wonderful day.
0: Oh thank you very much. A great good questions, Mark.